0: The scene also exists just to convince us the audience that Eddie Redmayne is hot. <laughs> Cuz Bunty is like, "Can you take your shirt off or what? I missed that." He like gets in the water and she's like, "Maybe you should take your shirt off." And he's like, "Nah, I'll be dry off really quickly." <laughs> and she he jumps in and then the water comes and she's splashed no with water because the movie is directly telling us that she's so wet. For <laughs> Eddie Redmayne. Oh, no yeah. way That's the visual language that we're given That's exactly how did I miss that And that she probably wishes she was the Kelpie That he was writing She's like I wish Newt bit my finger Instead of the Kelpie <laughs> Oh my god right,
1: Now we're really unpacking What went on in this movie
0: What's up, real critics? It's Jose here, as always, and you're listening to Everyone's a Real Critic. If you're just tuning in here at EARC, John Wolf and I take a look at movies that have divided critics and audiences. Basically, if there's at least a 20% difference between the audience and the critic scores on Ryan Tomatoes, we're game to talk about it. We'll give you the real critic's thoughts on the movie, break down some critic and audience reviews, and wrap it up with our own overall score of the movie. But at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter because everyone's a real critic. And boy, do we have a special episode for you guys today! John and I are joined by a special guest, podcast legend Micah from the long-running Harry Potter podcast, MuggleCast.
1: Micah, what's going on, dude? What's going on? Oh, I was just reading what was there. Um,
0: Go for <laughs> it, man. What's
2: uh, up, man?
1: What's up? No, th- this is. I'm super excited to be here. Um, been listening to you guys since the beginning, and um, oh, John, wow, thank you. Yeah, yeah. John paid me too, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, I forgot to
2: tell you that <laughs> all of the proceeds we've been getting from uh all of our Twitter, fo- our two, our both moms they they go to they go to Micah. <laughs> they so go straight pretty to much our pockets. Yeah, our parents have been paying for Micah to listen, mm-hmm. but uh <laughs> it works out, I guess.
1: In all seriousness, though, uh, I've been looking forward to coming on because we have the secrets of Dumbledore that was just, or is just about to be released. And, um, I know that crimes of Grindelwald kind of fits in, but you know, the movie was just such unbelievable trash that,
2: uh, well, hold on. Wait, wait a minute. Oh, am I not? Am I jumping ahead? I'm sorry. (laughs) Yeah, no, you know, there's a question I, I had for you guys. I know First of all, Micah, thanks for being here. Awesome time. Uh, Micah and I were invited to go with a listener of the MuggleCast to um, the fan showing of Fantastic Beasts last week, which was awesome. Got my hat on right now. But Micah, I remember, you know, through my times of listening to the MuggleCast, you guys have actually uh, been blacklisted by the uh, JK Rowling authorities. And uh, you've already come on our podcast and called her Trash. <laughs> Are we going to get blacklisted?
1: <laughs> uh, well, I didn't say. Well, I said the movie was oh,
0: trash. Right, right, right. yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Good yeah. call. But, you no, know, what? I can cut that up, Micah. I can. <laughs> because
2: that you called her <laughs> trash. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, but uh yeah, I mean we we definitely have noticed a change in what uh we've been given access to over the last couple of years. We've seen a lot more of like the Harry Potter influencers be able to go out to different events. Whereas Mugglecast, we've been around for a while. We've been around for 17 years, uh longer than some of our listeners. Oh five, right? Yeah, going all yeah. the way back to 05 So, you know
0: that's nuts i checked a few ids this weekend and they were oh five
1: no well oh, that's that's no i'm kidding i would have had to k- immediately kick them out <laughs> yeah i mean normally we would have been on the other side of that uh, little uh, kind of red carpet event that john and i saw at at lincoln center but uh, john actually had a pretty good idea he was like he saw all these uh suvs pulling up and he was like yo dude let's quickly order uh an uber xl and uh, pull up <laughs> <Just
0: roll out. laughs> That is a good idea yeah
2: We didn't do it because we were already standing in line. It would have been weird if everyone saw us get into the UberX and then immediately get out from where we did. (laughs) We we didn't do it, but let's get into a little bit of what we're doing uh, today. You probably already know this because the title of the podcast says so, and uh, Micah alluded to it, but (laughs) we're going to be talking about Fantastic Beasts 2, The Crimes of Grindelwald. Uh, You know, this is a- The greatest
0: Harry Potter movie of all time. Um... (laughs) Yeah, and for the next hour and a half, I will debate that topic.
2: Yeah, I know. Hey, we'll also just say, you know, the Muggle cast definitely blacklisted, but uh, we're we're not above that. You know, if J.K. Rowling's listening right now, she probably is, friend of the pod. Um,
0: no, yeah, we'll stand you no, hard. No, no. You don't think so? No, dude. No, not worth it? No, I ethically can't do that. <laughs> well, give me a
2: call, J.K. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to talk crimes of Gritnawald. Uh, This one has an 18% difference, uh, 36% critic score, 54% audience score. Um, And that's why Mike is here. He's here to help us break down the Harry Potter angle as a true fan, a true expert in everything Harry Potter from the Muggle cast. uh, Be sure to check out their podcast that by the time you're listening to this, will have already released on Fantastic Beasts 3. And I'm sure it's going to be great. But as we always do, on everyone's a real critic, as we try and be an authority figure for people, especially nowadays. There's so much content. What do you watch? Well, we'll tell you. If uh, what we're watching this week is really good or really bad. So we'll start with our guest, Micah. What are you watching, and is it good or bad?
1: Should I start with the secrets of Dumbledore? <laughs> you
2: can, yeah. We can keep going in on it. <laughs> I don't
1: know. I, I felt well. That was somewhat of a middle ground uh, for me, but uh, I think I recommended this Netflix series to you, Young Wallander. It's actually, um, I guess, a earlier version of Wallander, which is a series that detective series that uh, features Kenneth Branagh. I haven't watched the original, but the uh, the younger version is actually really good, in my opinion. It's bingeable, okay. you know, six episodes for both seasons, easy to go through. So is is Wallander, uh, you said he's a detective? He's a detective, yeah.
0: And does the six episodes, is it like one case that he's tackling? Or is each episode a, a, an individual case? Yeah, it's, it's, know, it's pretty, pretty it much one case. Or, okay, okay. I'm okay for with that. For the entire though. season. I'm cool with that. I watched. Uh, it reminds me of Perry Mason on HBO Max, which was like one case that he tackles in a in a season. And I was a big fan of that show, so I'll check it out. What was the
2: show with uh, Matthew McConaughey? And, True Detective. Uh, Woody True Harrelson. Detective. True Detective. detective.
1: Yeah. no, nah, that's a
2: the first season. Good yeah, show.
1: and third season wasn't bad. Really good.
2: Which one? Yeah. The Third.
1: The second one was the one that was yeah. terrible, right?
2: Yeah, that's when spoiler alert: Vince uh, Vince Vaughn is shot point
1: blank by a <laughs> shotgun, but lives through.
0: Holy it. shit. That's the spoiler <laughs> alert of <a> century. <laughs> it happens in
2: like the second episode. Oh, of the okay, good. Okay. I never saw it past season one. I was like
0: <laughs> I followed the hype through season one and then I forgot about it when season two came out. Season three is not bad. You should yeah, check you should. it out. Okay. John, do you want to go next? Do you want to talk about what you've been watching? Yeah yeah, yeah. I'll go. I
2: got I actually have a lot. I mean over the last couple of weeks I spent some time on a plane uh, which for me is a good time to to just binge stuff. So on the plane, I watched, uh, and I'm not going to talk much, too much about it because there are things that I want to talk about. Um, Death on the Nile, you reminded me with Kenneth, Kenneth Brown, whatever. Kenneth Branagh. Mm-hmm. Professor guys, Lockhart. Yeah, like, you can yeah, say that. Yeah,
0: Gilderoy name. Lockhart and uh, Chamber of Secrets.
2: Yeah, you got it.
0: Um, that
2: was just really cool. Nothing good, nothing bad about it. Um, I watched the Adam Project. That was really fun. Also, is that Uh, the Ryan Reynolds? Not good, not bad. Yeah, he goes back in time. It's like back to the future, but with himself. Really? Uh, And he's not trying to bang his mom the whole time. And then I watched, uh, obviously, Fantastic Beast 3, as we kind of alluded to, the, uh, uh, the fan screening where we got to see Eddie Redmayne, we got to see Jacob we got to see a few others from the cast uh but those were really the two main. Yusuf Kama was there. Uh Bunty was there and uh, the new character her name is Jessica me. Williams. Uh yeah, she was also there. It was awesome, honestly. It was kind of <laughs> cool to just like be caught up in the spectacle. They were all walking down the red carpet. We got a, I'm wearing the free hat. We got a free wand. Popcorn was free, soda was free. <laughs> wow, bathrooms were free.
1: Covid was free.
2: Hey,
3: the covid was free
2: yeah <laughs> it was a good time but i actually wanted to I don't, micah i don't know if you've seen it yet but i did finally see the batman have you guys yeah seen have,
0: did we talk about this at all no because that's
2: the only thing we talked about was uh i tweeted from our account that the batman could have been a two-hour Dude, movie that is a and hot i still thing. stand by that i track.
0: disagree <laughs> i totally disagree with you
2: it is really good yeah Bat, the Batman is really good. And if you have HBO Max, it's it's coming to HBO Max on April 18th. Um, so that'll be by the time this airs this week. So um, if you've been putting it off, no longer.
0: I'm going to watch it again. I'm like 100% going to sit down and watch the whole thing again.
2: I'm also going to watch it again because I feel like the theater I was in, I don't know, sometimes it was just like hard to hear. Also because the new Batman, our guy, uh, Edward. <laughs>
0: Robert Pattinson.
2: He kind of muffles his Cedric voice. Cedric Diggory. No, Edward. <laughs> Cedric no, Edward. Diggory, yes. He he <laughs> he sort of muffles his voice a lot when he talks, so it was kinda of hard to hear. And so does Jeffrey Wright. Like I feel that he's notorious when I watch him to kind of bumble a little bit. So uh definitely excited. But it is really good. It's really dark too, I will say. hmm Uh so if
0: you're having and it's a good a, day, it's a little sexy. Yeah. yeah, it's a little horny. Yeah, it's a little horny. Yeah, um, yeah. Just like a scene yeah. from this movie that I will get to
2: <laughs> later. <laughs> later. Really? Yeah, just... yeah, sorry. I'm dr- I'm droning about Batman, but uh, <laughs> Moon Knight also really good. Let's get it. Jose, what are you watching, man?
0: Uh, I've spent the past week re-watching the Lord of the Rings trilogy, the extended editions.
2: In anticipation for the show?
0: Honestly, just at- randomly. like I just turned Fellowship uh-huh. on randomly one day, and they're all so freaking long. So it's taken me, yeah. like, an entire week to watch all of them. But I just pick them right back up to where, to where I left off, and I'm engrossed. I don't know. It's I think these are perfect movies, guys. Remember growing up, too, like, there was a dichotomy between people were like Harry Potter fans or, or Lord of the Rings fans?
1: No. Yes.
0: Why can't we just come together and meet in the middle and just enjoy fantasy in general? <laughs> Is that what Game of Thrones did for people? I think Game of Thrones captured... I mean... Yeah, Game of Thrones captured all kinds of people. All kinds. There was something there for everybody. There was, yeah. There was something in that show for everybody. Except, like, too few dragons, I think. You know what Game of Thrones needed?
2: What's that? That I wasn't getting? They needed a heist in there. Love me a good heist. Okay. That would have turned it for me.
0: Yeah. Well, you would have wanted them to be like, oh, we gotta go get the guy from the north and the guy from over there and the guy from over there. Like a good kidnapping. That whole montage. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you mean putting the team oh, I mean, together? Look, uh, let's get the band yeah, together. Yeah. yeah, let's get the team together. Mm-hmm. Montage. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I would've liked that too, actually, and then they have to like fight through a horde of ice zombies or something. That would've been yeah. sick. <laughs> but anyways, Lord of the Rings is great. There's always something to find like I'm always finding novel reasons to love these movies. Like this time around I have like a newfound appreciation for like Boromir and just like the scale of the films. And it makes me think that it makes me wary of the new of the upcoming series on Amazon Prime. I'm like, I don't know if we could capture this kind of uh, spectacle again. You know, you know,
2: what's crazy about the new series is that it's also coming out in rival against or at the same time. It's the Lord of the Rings and the Game of Thrones prequel. Oh. They're both coming out at oh, the same the time. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what people kind of tune in live for, mm. so to say.
0: Yeah. It's also interesting when you compare, like, how Lord of the Rings, you know, The Hobbit came out a few years later as, like, a spiritual successor sequel trilogy, much like what we're seeing now. Prequel. Prequel trilogy. Prequel. Prequel trilogy. Much like what we're... Much like what we're seeing now with Fantastic Beasts, Secrets of Grindelwald, Crimes of Dumbledore. (laughs) There's a lot of that. And where to find them. And where to find them. (laughs) That's pretty good. (laughs) It's a good time. <laughs> what were the crimes? Well, we can talk Thanks. about that later. So we we were the, <laughs> yeah. the title made no sense yeah. either. There was a lot of crimes in this movie. Let's let's get into
2: yeah, the yeah yeah. Let's get into it, man. <laughs>
0: do a quick overview before we get into the real rundown because that's when we really break down the movie a little bit more but basically in this film in a sequel to the fantastic beasts and where to find them in an effort to thwart grindelwald's plans of raising pure blood wizards to rule over all non-magical beings alice dumbledore enlists his former student newt's commander who agrees to help unaware of the dangers that lie ahead lines are drawn as love and loyalty are tested even amongst the truest friends and family in an increasingly divided wizarding world. Nailed it. When you read uh, uh, all like the J.K. Rowling names that she's made up out loud, they just sound like gobbledygook. Who was my favorite character in Harry Potter?
2: Isn't Credence's last name Credence Barebone? Yes. It just seems like she...
0: I heard somebody say that, and I thought they'd made it up. Yeah, seems
2: like she just gave up on that one. Yeah. <laughs> This one notably um, directed by David Yates um, and also, once again, same as the first movie, only written by J.K. Rowling, which changes in Fantastic Solely credited. Uh, solely credited with writing, uh, which changes in number three. But that is something to note, uh, I think, as we move through this movie. The real rundown. Let's get it. All right. Well, <laughs> I did write it to the inside joke with the real rundown is sometimes I write them to intentionally trip up Jose as he's reading it, but I will give him my best shot. It's kind of like reading your own handwriting.
0: I should probably tell you right now that I went in there and I changed some things up.
2: I uh, put a dick, do- dick joke <laughs> in the middle of it so
0: okay well, I took go, go ahead I buddy. took it out. Um, <laughs> all right no there's definitely still one in there
2: <laughs> oh yeah no there it is so let's set the scene real rundown here we go grindelwald escapes from the oblivious care of the ministry of magic quickly afterwards we catch up with newt who is at the british ministry of magic where he runs into childhood crush slash brother's fiance Lido lestrange who's played by zoe kravitz and his brother theseus who's played by callum turner Theseus tries to get Newt to join the British Ministry of Magic's task force to move against Grindelwald, again played by Johnny Depp. Newt declines the gig and catches up with old friend Dumbledore, Jude Law, who confesses he cannot move against Grindelwald because of a blood pack made when they were young and in love. So Newt must find Credence, who's played by Ezra Miller. Newt is like I, (laughs) then heads to a suitcase where he meets his new assistant, Bunty, Victoria Yeats. And they are interrupted by Queenie, Allison Sudall, and Jacob Dan Fogler, who conveniently still remembers everything from the first movie, but is currently under a love charm by Queenie. Nuke blocks the love charm, and then Jacob and Queenie have a little argument, and she disappears to Paris to find her sister Tina, who's Catherine Waterston, who's currently at a carnival tracking credence. Credence and Nagini, Claudia Kim, escape the human rights uh, abuses of the freak show and set that shit on fire on their way out. Tina is then confronted by Yusuf Kama, William Nagnilam. Did I say that right? I hope so. Hopefully he's not listening. Who claims to be related to Creedence. It's not a good. Which is baffling. Uh, <laughs> it really is. I don't know. For those who haven't <laughs> seen the movie, you probably should. Um, but spoiler alert, Yusuf and Creedence, they, they, they don't look alike.
0: They don't share a family uh, resemblance.
2: Grindelwald finds out Credence is alive and the hunt for the boy is on, for some reason. It becomes a game of cat and mouse between Grindelwald and his team versus Dumbledore and his team to find Credence, who is the pivotal piece to power, for some reason. Along the way, Credence is on a journey to find his real mother, for some reason, which ends up leading him back to the arms of Grindelwald in a crypt or a graveyard or something. We're dumped with the information that Credence is the love child of Yusuf and Lita's mother and a powerful Lestrange. But then Lita explains that Credence is not that child at all because she switched the babies because she couldn't sleep so Credence is again a nobody. Grindelwald then holds a rally in seemingly the same graveyard and gives wizards the choice to join him or die by a big blue flame monster. Queenie, somehow convinced that Grindelwald is pro-nomad norm wizard marriage, joins Grindelwald for some reason. little the faces off against Grindelwald uh, for some reason and loses. The Niffler steals the blood pack stone off Grindelwald. The main cast conveniently apparates out of the fire chamber. We've clearly seen that not work for others. Newt and team then stop the fire monsters with the help of Nicholas Flamel and Grindelwald tells us he hates Paris. Newt then regroups with Dumbledore and gives him the other half of the blood pack thingy. Grindelwald gifts Credence a wand and tells Credence that he is actually a Dumbledore. What?
3: Yeah. Yeah.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. And if you're still with us, thanks. We appreciate that. So um, just hearing that real rundown and probably watching this movie, uh, not for the first time for all of us, this is at least the second, third, fourth time. If it was your fourth, I'm sorry. What were sort of your first thoughts? I think i'll start you know while you guys gather your first start um i actually saw this movie uh when it first came out with micah Strangely enough it was i think his second or third time seeing it it was my first he tried to temper my expectations so i think i went into the movie the first time already knowing that it was not going to be great and so now This was only my second time because it was so bad watching it the first time. I never watched it again. I think I went into it knowing the context of the third movie, which was maybe helpful, but also at the same time, probably not very helpful. I kind of just remembered there being so many endless plots to the second movie that maybe if I watched it a second time, the third movie would make sense. And uh, it didn't. So
0: here we are. (laughs) (laughs) Michael, do you want to do you want to go first since you guys shared that first watch together and and have also seen the third one together? So, I'm curious personally to know like how if you had all that context, like how you brought it into this rewatch.
1: Uh, yeah, it was it was definitely tough, and I I do remember I watched this movie after Syracuse got a narrow victory over Georgetown, so I was already hyped up. But that aside. There were a few adult beverages thrown in and some secret cider brew. Do you remember that from the bar we were at? I don't know what the hell was in it. So you would think that maybe that would have contributed to our lack of understanding of just what was going on in this movie. But as I watched it again, no, um, I was completely sober this time. (laughs) But what bothers me the most is that the original Fantastic Beasts, movie did an amazing job of standing on its own, right? It had to follow in the footsteps of Harry Potter, and yet it somehow was able to stand by itself. You know, it introduced new characters in a world that I think for the most part we all love and did it in a way that didn't feel the need to really lean too heavily on Hogwarts or Potter nostalgia. And That movie was actually about beasts. I actually watched that movie uh, a couple nights ago as well. So I just feel like Crimes of Grindelwald shifted away from these core four characters, right? Newt, Jacob, Queenie, Tina that we got introduced to, and then immediately shifted in this movie to being about Dumbledore and Grindelwald. And they threw in a bunch of other characters and a bunch of confusing plot lines. So that was my kind of initial take. I also want to know what the crimes were, man. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> I mean,
0: I, I can think of a few You'll crimes never know. he did. He did immediately like, murder a baby. Yeah.
1: He threw the chupacabra <laughs> from the chariot, too. That was kind of rough. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah. I mean, he did yeah, kill some people. Yeah, yeah, he
0: did do that. But, I mean, like... <laughs> Is that really a crime nowadays, though? But, I mean, you're expecting more, you know, wizard world affecting crimes. And, I mean, without getting ahead of ourselves, when he does his big speech... The like near the end of it he's like i want to stop world war ii from happening so like the hitler wizard wants to stop the holocaust <laughs> that doesn't seem like a crime to me it seems like something we should we could oh, all get yeah. behind but you know the baby killing not really so anyways this was my second time watching this movie too john because i remember walking out of the theater and telling myself that i would never watch it again i found it <laughs> convoluted and so messy and like the retconning of the original movies and books didn't really sit well with me but it has been a few years since then because i think this came out in, in 18 and i went to go see it like the first week it came out because like you micah i thought that there was a lot of charm to the first movie i don't feel like that's kind of in this one i'll get to it more throughout the episode but this film felt like it was using the potter nostalgia as a crutch and not as an inspiration like the first film did. Uh, so I really wasn't that excited to go into this again and less so after having watched the first movie, cause I watched them back to back this time. So yeah, it was, it was an interesting, it was an interesting rewatch to say the least. Did you like how it began though? Were you, were you on board when it started?
2: All right. So like you guys said, and I didn't want to beat, uh, dead horse with this but uh i guess i will i did really like the first one because of all the beasts and how fun and it felt more like an adventure and it also reminded me a lot of how when the harry potter movies start they start very naive and fun and childlike and bright and that they're having an adventure and then the the end of the first one quick like it takes a real dark turn real fast um i mean there is a storyline where credence is getting beat by his um foster mother with a bear uh for for lack of a better word which is not a great storyline and then he just dies uh and it was pretty dark and he just completely evaporates and and i remember watching that being like whoa Like that did not really feel like what this movie was going for. So the beginning of this movie, I was like, okay, we're going to just head straight into darkness. That's cool. And I remember Grindelwald is sitting there. He looks disgusting. It's super dark. He's super pale. And just the fact that he's sitting there and a fly, like a harmless fly is buzzing around him and he just zaps it like nothing in my head, I was like, Oh, wow. Okay. So like, this guy has no problem just killing to kill. Uh, This movie is probably going to be really dark. And then the fact that the, you know, we find out that it wasn't Grindelwald, but the guy's tongue was missing. It, It just starts with a really dark tone. And I thought that's new for Harry Potter to go that dark really fast. So I thought maybe it would get better right off the bat. What did you guys think? Like, that first mm-hmm. intro scene to what was
1: happening. I, f- escape, I figured after he was captured at the end of the first movie that he had to escape at the start of the second one, because one of his crimes counted up on the tally. There, That's there you go. There you go. But can I say, if if we're starting to keep track of bad writing, polyjuice potion, <laughs> the guy just spent the entire yeah. first movie as graves. And they didn't think that maybe something would be up when he tried to uh well when he was being transported right like and it's the same plot device
0: but also to talk to talk about bad writing again how many times have you guys seen the trope that the bad guy gets away during a prison transport like it's it's been done so many times and i and while i did think that you know the cold open was exciting it didn't actually make a lot of sense to me because the prison transport idea in the wizarding world is just crazy to me like they couldn't portkey him they couldn't apparate him out of there they have that for lack of a better term technology so why are we hooking him up to an old carriage to fly over the waters of new york
2: also, new beast counter, the Chupacabra is around for 5 minutes and then he just chucks well, it out the window. Yeah, that's because hell,
0: JKR man. doesn't really know what setup and payoff means when it comes into the context of a film. <laughs> She's like, I'll set him up right uh, now and I'll pay it off in the next scene instead of waiting a couple acts and using some foreshadowing, but again, I'll get I'll get into I'll all for that him like. to come
2: full circle, <laughs> yeah.
0: There's a lot of that in this movie. Like why did new Changes appearance to look like his brother and literally in the very next scene like it's wearing off
2: you jumped way too far ahead but let's (laughs) let's talk about uh let's talk about newt and his brother really quick because the the one thing that's interesting about this movie which works for me in the beginning at least is the pace because it is we are moving because there is so much to set up but then (laughs) While we're setting stuff up, it's working for me. The first 30, 45 minutes, it's sort of working for me. All right. Like I kind of was, all right, well, maybe it'll happen later. You know, we didn't get into it. So like the next scene where Newt is at the the, the Ministry of Magic and he runs into Lita Lestrange, who if you've only watched the Fantastic Beast movie, all you know of Lita Lestrange is that Newt and her had some chemistry B and the D. Uh, yeah. back in the day, not what you're thinking.
0: Um, yeah. So not D and the B. <laughs> Could have been D and the B, but it
2: was B and the D. And I thought like that setup there did show some some tension. Yeah. something Like we got John, some emotion you. are an from optimist, you. dude. Uh, because because like,
0: at this point, I'm like he already. Awkward, I'm still out. Like, I'm like already out. <laughs> really? I'm like yeah, because LeStrange. I'm just like she's just using a name that we know to get us into it and then that scene itself of like theseus trying to pitch to newt to like come work at the ministry was confusing to me because i'm like why would the ministry want newt anyways and why are they trying to give him like they're trying to as a hitman (laughs) but he's clearly not good at that you know like we saw the last movie he's a pokemon trainer he's not a a fighter (laughs) So i'm like already confused and they're throwing all this information at me and i'm like wow this is a lot to go off of right off the bat
2: we're micah as a harry potter lore expert when you saw alito Strange, were you excited no
3: the
0: fact that you're thinking (laughs) about it yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i mean did you ever look at the f- black family tree and was like i wish i could go d- further down that branch
1: no but I-, I think it's hard because looking back on it now she just didn't have any sort of payoff and i'm sure we're going to talk about that it's like you introduced mm-hmm. this character who to your point jose is-, is part of a huge magical family right and just hmm it seemed like they were going to be going into a really cool direction. Maybe we're going to learn some new things, and then all of a sudden, she just goes up in flames. Literally, that's it.
0: Yeah, she <laughs> quite literally does. <laughs> it's difficult see, to talk about this movie in order, though, because maybe it'll make more sense if we if we talk about it out of order. It might. I think I think it has. To, I mean, there's. I don't think there's another way to talk about it because the movie feels like it's out of order. <laughs> it
2: kind of does, right? I was just about to say, what would have maybe been better? I feel like that's what this podcast, this episode of this podcast is going to become is what could they have done better, which is terrible, but at the same time, so cathartic and helpful because if we could have done it better, we would have done it. But why did they wait until the very end to do the flashback of Little Lestrange at the at Hogwarts uh, having a crush on Newt. Like, why was that not something that came up as soon as they saw each other? Because to my knowledge of watching the movies, this is their first time seeing each other in a really long time. And usually when you see someone that you haven't seen in a really long time, some kind of memory comes flushing back to you.
0: Yeah, like, John, do you ever look at, you know, like your cousins, your family member, your mom, your dad, or like in uh, Kuma's case, your little sister, and you see her for the first time in a long time, and your first words are, little sister. (laughs) Like, who talks like that? It's just so many, there's so many bad writing choices that are done in this movie. That flashback as well is like 15, 20 minutes long. Yeah. Like, it felt like it was a short film. And for what it's worth, I enjoyed that flashback. I thought it was fun. And we were learning a little bit more about New a in its time at Hogwarts. But did we need it? Not necessarily. No. But I guess we did need, you know, to be reminded that Hogwarts exists. <laughs> we need to drop that John Williams uh, needle drop to remind no, us that we're watching a Harry Potter movie.
2: You get a lot of
1: Hogwarts. In the next one, no Lita though. A lot Spoiler, hot
0: We also
2: see Theseus uh, right away in this one, who I don't think we see in the first movie. I can't. No. Rem- I can't. Re- I'm pretty no. sure we don't. He's mentioned. Though, we, he's, he's he's
0: mentioned as a war hero, which I have questions about too. Like, so they fought in War World War
1: One, or are they talking about a different war? I think World War One, because Newt was also okay part of the war, but he was dealing with dragons he says in the first movie because it comes up in a conversation with jacob he says something about ukrainian
0: dragons after jacob says yeah of course i fought in the war
1: dude i am so tired
2: of americans whitewashing our history books because i had no idea that there were dragons in the world war yeah yeah i did not know dude we wouldn't have known because they just fucking whitewash everything (laughs) um (laughs) I did. That was a fun fact, Micah, that you mentioned here uh, about yeah. Theseus. him being seven years younger than Eddie Redmayne. I had no, I, I yeah. never would have. So he
1: plays him. the older brother, but he's actually seven years younger.
2: I'm actually shocked by that because he looks so young. <laughs> or I mean, so old. Sorry. He looks so old. Yeah, Eddie Redmayne
0: younger. could play anybody from like 30 to like 45.
2: You think 30? I feel like he could go younger than 30. What? He could be Spider-Man.
0: How old is Newt at this point, by the way? Does anybody know? Who How about McGonagall?
3: Like
1: aren't they? That's
0: a that's a question. How old is McGonagall? She's
1: not even supposed to be born. <laughs> well, in, in which context?
0: Yeah, I thought she was born she in was. like the 30s. <laughs> she's a grown she's negative woman
2: 15 here. at this point. Yeah, yeah. She looks great in the she Harry does, Potter movies. She looks great. So, right after Newt says no to being a hitman, which now that you've mentioned it that way, is wild that he would have even been, been asked to. We see that there's this other hitman that they're, they're plan B, who is sitting in the room at the time. And it, like looking back on it, that's kind of shitty where you're sitting in the room in a job interview. Yeah. <laughs> essentially. And they have, they're begging, everyone at the table is begging this guy to to do the job. And he's like, no. And then everyone just kind of, turns to you, and they're like, all right, Bill. Looks like it's you're doing yours, it. Man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you still want it? <laughs>
0: yeah. That, so, quick question. Bill, that yeah. guy is the guy who, later in the film, I'm getting ahead of myself again, but I just don't want to lose this train That's thought. One, that's all right. Bill is the guy who then is tracking Credence, right? Yeah. For Grindelwald. Yeah. He like works for Grindelwald. Here, this is maybe nitpicky here, but that guy took on... The Obscurious and was fine. He just did a little Protego charm on him and was absolutely fine. So I don't understand why Credence is this like big, powerful thing, the only person that can destroy Dumbledore. Because it seems like Dumbledore could very easily take on an (laughs) Obscurious. Right? You've done it. (laughs) Right? I don't understand. I just don't understand. After he fights him, he's like totally cool. He's like smiling. At the end of the fight too. He's like totally didn't even break a sweat.
2: <laughs> he's like, Man. Yeah. That was a toughie, huh? <laughs> yeah.
0: I yeah, it's weird. It's weird.
2: I think there's a lot of convenience with Credence's character. I know right after we meet Dumbledore and Bunty and Jacob and Queenie, which we'll come back to in a second, where Credence is at the the carnival, he's a he's somehow this super powerful, like the the existence of wizards hinges on this young boy's power, and he is at a carnival, caged as yeah. a carny, why? Doing, like and being yelled at by someone. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, yeah. "Oh, wait a minute! Forget this! I'm gonna blow this popsicle stand!" So, and he yeah. just jumps out.
1: And also, why is Nagini in this movie? No, I, that's kind of where I was going too. Is it, it seemed like he was put in the circus to pair him up with Nagini. But then that doesn't really go anywhere either. She was written out of Fantastic Beast 3. There was a lot of controversy around her character too. So Where where does that controversy
0: come from though? I, yeah. Is it just because she's retconning that Nagini was Voldemort Snake later? Or was there something else that we're not aware of?
1: There's a lot that was made around the fact that a Southeast Asian female was trapped in the body of a snake and essentially a servant to Voldemort
0: oh I okay <laughs> yeah that's bizarre <laughs> at least she wasn't transgender though yeah well she would have never written her into that movie if she but was. is there something
2: to be said for a woman that transforms into a snake
0: yeah they're trans species yeah uh, well no like a that's, snake that's is okay, like a very
2: phallic symbol She's a woman. (laughs) I mean, how can J.K. be so anti-something but write it right in her book? You know what I mean? Uh Anyway, But
0: talking
1: about fan service, though. (laughs) But
0: you can poke holes in...
1: Yeah, no, I was just going to say, another fan service would be including a character like Nagini, where you don't even need to have her in this film.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's just a recognizable name and just... More lore, I guess. You know we call it Lore Porn. Hell yeah. I like I like the sound of lore porn. Lore. Do you think that's where no, Lorne Michaels not, got not his Lorne. name from? Do <laughs>
2: you think Lorne Michaels got his name from no. Lore porn? He just like is so hard about sketch comedy and uh sitcoms that he just named himself Lorne.
0: Well, SNL SNL is Lorne Porn. Yeah. Hell
2: yeah, um. it is. He totally would. He like sits back. He enjoys that shit. Um speaking of characters that are useless or probably didn't need to be in this movie, or kind of, you know, I'm going to set you off here, Jose. Characters that don't need to be in this movie, kind of useless. Let's take a step back after Newt says no to the Ministry of Magic. We meet uh, Dumbledore really really, early, who then informs his whole purpose for this movie, and spoiler alert, the next movie, is that he can't do anything. But he's
0: there. And, okay, so this... I'm convinced only exists, this little device only exists because JK retconned her way into like a hole. <laughs> she has no I- she had no idea how to write herself out of it other than making some reason up as to why they can't fight each other. And it all comes from her deciding that Dumbledore was gay and having no real explanation as to why Dumbie can't go just fuck up Grindy. Yeah, and what's interesting? So then again, why is Dumbledore in this movie? Then he they literally write him out of the movie later on when the auras show up mm-hmm. and they t- and they're like, "Hey, I need Along- you, we need you to go fight him." And they're like, "I can't." Along those like, lines, okay. too,
1: if you're See comparing later. it back to Potter, right? That's like the precursor to the Unbreakable Vow. It's it's the same kind of concept. So it doesn't really seem mm-hmm. like we're trying to be. We're not. I I don't know. Like I just feel like it cheapens it.
0: And it's, like you said, it's the same idea. It's just a recycled idea, and it's almost like we can't get new things anymore.
2: It cheapens it, uh, also because, so Dumbledore can't move against Grindelwald, but all Grindelwald is doing is moving against Dumbledore throughout the movie, it feels like. Like, he's sort
0: of... Yeah, right, and his move against Dumbledore is that he's trying to find a way to kill him without him specifically killing him. And that's what the obscurus is for, in the last movie and in this movie, yeah. Yeah. And the next one. It just seems like there's probably a better way to do it. Like, (laughs) you can't like, you know, just hire like an army of dragons or something. Like, just go get a few dragons to attack Hogwarts or something. And (laughs) I don't know. Just seems it just seems so convoluted to drink some polyjuice potion, (laughs) pretend to be an auror. You know, uh, pretend to be Colin Farrell for a whole movie, and then that didn't work. So now, you prison break by drinking some more polyjuice potion. And I truly don't understand what he was doing in this movie because at one point he goes, "Oh, I physically cannot go get Credence. He has to come to me." You know, it was like after he murdered that baby. But then he like twenty minute, twenty five minutes later, <laughs> he goes and he phys- he shows up. He's just like hanging out on the roof like chilling on the roof, like Jeff Goldblum style and right in front of Credence. And he's like, what's up? Come with me, my boy.
2: Where did that lead you? It's like,
0: she forgot that she said that. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So right after we meet, uh, Dumbledore, we get, we get Bunty, which is cool for a hot sec. And then we get another,
0: another useless character.
2: Yeah. Another super (laughs) useless character, but we get to see some beasts. You know, we get to walk around, see some of our friends, and
0: speak. And so, see, this is another great example of not knowing how to set up and pay something off. <laughs> I thought that beast in the beginning was gonna be like a Chekhov's gun, you know, like because most beasts that he encounters are. Like eventually, the Niffler becomes vital for Newt to you Steal know the get his way out of something. Yeah, the, yeah. yeah. He like catches like a new Pokemon, and then he uses that Pokemon to get out of some situation later. But in this scene, we meet Bunty, and then we meet that seahorse monster, and we never see either one of those characters again in the whole movie. Not until the
2: next one, baby.
0: So it's like, why is this scene here?
2: <laughs> Not until the next one. This scene is here so that we can finally reunite with Jacob and Queenie. Who just break into Newt's house? I, I it was is like was Jacob living with Newt?
0: <laughs> I don't know. But the scene also exists just to convince us, the audience, that Eddie Redmayne is hot. Because <laughs> <laughs> Bunty is like, can you take your shirt off? Or what? I missed that. He like gets in the water, and she's like, maybe you should take your shirt off. And he's like, nah, I'll be dry off really quickly. <laughs> And she, he jumps in, and then the water comes, and she's splashed no with water, because the movie is directly telling us that she's so wet that <laughs> 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 oh. No way. That's the visual language that we're given. That's exactly How did I that. miss that? And that she probably wishes she was the Kelpie that he was writing. She's like, I wish Newt bit my finger <laughs> instead of the Kelpie. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> right, now
1: we're really unpacking what went on in this movie. Yeah, jeez. <laughs> and we
2: thought the bad and then you never horny.
1: see her again. Yeah,
2: I mean, I would be embarrassed <laughs> after that too. And speaking of uh, bonk bonk, Jacob and Queenie, huh? How about mm-hmm. that? I love the convenience factor that uh, the the potion only got rid of bad memories of magic. And yeah, Queenie put him under the the old spell, huh? Oh, Talk about a Talk about something that's
0: not, uh, you know, not problematic at all. Right. Like, no. how do you guys feel about the love charm? <laughs> how, do you, how do you guys feel about the love charm at the Cat?
1: Yeah, it's it's been a topic on a couple of episodes uh, that we've done. But I think the general consensus is that Queenie Rufi Jacob and was taking advantage of him and that we're just supposed to just completely mm-hmm. gloss over the fact that, you know, he's being manipulated without his own free will. It's gross.
2: (laughs) Here's my thing about it. Before you completely rip it to shreds, Jose, because it's going to be hilarious. But my (laughs) thing is, it's such a stereotypical trope in movies. uh, The Queenie uh, story arc, where she sort of seduces the man. She like has to, she has to, like she's living for Jacob. She has to trick him into loving her. So that they can be happily ever after when in fact he already loved her like there was no reason to do any of that and then she uh the the classic stereotypical trope of women in movies or in uh, another unfair stereotype in real life is she just gets annoyed they have a fight so she gets so annoyed and holds a grudge forever that she just never comes back and then in this movie ends up joining the dark side of grindelwald insane it's just insane
0: it's so dumb. Everything that Queenie does in this movie is... It's like she's a completely different character from the one in the previous movie. Because Queenie in the first movie is like kind, understanding, compassionate. And I don't know if J.K. Rowling forgot about this, but this character can fucking read minds. <laughs> like You'd think that she wouldn't be too susceptible to someone clearly lying to her or attempting to manipulate her or her trying to manipulate someone else. you think that that would be something that she'd be like ethically against because she's in people's minds all the time. So I, yeah, this made absolute no sense to me that A, she would drug Jacob and B, because I can't
1: be with Jacob, will join Grindelwald. Right. And you get the line like a- after he comes out of it where he says, when are you going to wake me up after, I- after we had kids? So, yeah, that's just like... And, and, you know, talking about stereotypical characters, I mean, we just went from one to another. Like, Bunty is a very stereotypical character, too. You know, sort of the mm-hmm. subservient trope. assistant who's in love with her boss. And, well, we don't have to get into the Kelby yeah. again, but, you know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's bizarre. It's almost... I'm feeling at this point in the movie like it's written by an entirely different person, you know, but it's crazy because they were both written entirely by J.K.R.
1: Especially for an author who wrote so many amazing female characters in the Harry Potter series. Yeah.
2: It goes to say that writing a movie is a much different skill and entirely different than writing a book, right? Like if she had written five Fantastic Beasts books, all of these story arcs and storylines... That would be that's totally fine in a book series because you have so much time with every character and you have so much time for them to figure out their ambitions and what they want to get done and for storylines to unfold. But in a movie, you have 90 to 120 minutes to get things moving. And especially it's just crazy in this movie. Like you had the first one where you did a pretty good job. Like where did it go wrong between the first one and this one? There were a lot of storylines in the first one, but most of them got wrapped up. And it, from start to finish, is a good standalone film. Mm-hmm. This one is like a complete... Talk about carnival or a circus that, you know, we Credence is about to be at. This is a mean circus with no tent. It is just bonkers. <laughs> there are people running <laughs> wild.
1: Yeah. you You bring up a really good point, though, in that there really is no source material, John. Like, if you look back at Harry Potter... You had the books to draw on. She had as many pages to write as she wanted to. And then it was somebody else who was taking her work, like Steve Kloves, and adapting it for the screen. Here, she's being tasked with that responsibility with really no source material to our knowledge. There's not a story that you know we can relate to even as fans that were like, oh, they cut this or they left this out. you know. Whereas we could do that with any of the Harry Potter books. So I think like that's another thing that that's kind of hurting this franchise a bit.
0: Yeah, I think that the comparison of like book to screenplay is something that we can't ignore because in a screenplay, you know, you have to be highly efficient with what you're doing in a scene. Every scene should either move the move the plot forward or give us character moments. So you have to know what to include, what to keep out. In a book, you've got a much larger space to move away from your, your your plot A and develop plot B, plot C, plot D, you can have all of these different running plots. It seems like this movie. Maybe if you if it was a series, <laughs> maybe if it was eight hours long, and we spent some some more time with each one of these characters, and you weren't like because the pacing in this movie is all over the place. Because as a result, we completely forget about characters for twenty minutes out of time before we come back and return to them. And then the movie near Act Three is like, oh crap, we gotta get all these characters in the same place. How are we gonna do that? And I'll we'll get to it later, but but that infamous scene with the exposition the Lestrange Exposition dump, how do all those characters show up there is a great question too. <laughs> we don't know. It's like the movie has to wrap it up now. Let's just have right after the carnival. Or was it the carnival? I don't remember. But Tina and Newt ride the big, the big cat thing into the crypt. <laughs> the Zolu. right? It, like drops them off at the yeah yeah that's right. It drops them off at a crypt, and then in that crypt, conveniently, uh, Kuma's already there. Nagini and and Credence are somehow there as well, and then Lita st- strolls up and then after the scene they all walk out of the crypt and it happens to also be the same crypt slash graveyard that Grindelwald is doing his rally and every uh, Grindelwald supporter is also there so how we the movie never answers that question it's just in a book maybe you can describe where has Jacob been the whole time too oh he was hanging out with Nicholas Flamel and went on his own separate adventure but we don't need to see that here <laughs> like why why is Jacob even in this movie why are any people any of these people in this movie
2: yeah um and I think those questions start really becoming relevant when we get into the second act here where everything starts to be slowing down uh and I think it feels that it's slowing down because it's going in so many different places at the same time like you just mentioned um and we do we do meet Another new character. It feels like in every act we're meeting two new characters per act, but we never like that's it. Hey, what's up? So we meet Yusuf Kama in this act. Uh, act who has like a weird eye condition where he keeps putting eye eye drops in it, and the only because we need we-
0: to we need to put beasts in the movie. Yeah,
2: <laughs> right. We need to do a beast in this guy's.
1: He just weird, zooms too right? much. That's the problem.
2: Yeah. <laughs> but he just had a parasite in his eye that they took out, which seemed like they could have gone about it a better way. But And so- then
0: Jacob says the best line in the movie, because Newt hands it to him, and he goes, Calamari! <laughs> Do you
2: think that was written?
0: I hope it was improvised. I don't know. I hope, I hope it was improvised, too.
2: <laughs> I like the thing that JK wrote that.
0: She was like, hell yeah. <laughs> Got it. Jacob has the best signs in this movie for what it's worth because after Queenie leaves him he like runs back inside to find Newt and there's like this big owl thing behind him and he like turns around and looks at it weird and he goes I got my own problems dude (laughs) and then (laughs) like walks off Rick
2: I think that if this movie was just Newt being a pokeball like a pokemon trainer and just tossing pokeballs at all the beasts and then going to like a gym and fighting other uh fantastic (laughs) beasts pokeball catchers like this would be a sick movie what was your favorite beast there weren't too many in this movie that new caught only 28
0: well what did you call the the cat thing the zowoo the zowoo yeah that was my favorite one but um John, you just you just made me think of like what kind what movie would I would have wanted to see in a sequel? Yeah, like him being a Pokemon trainer running around, but instead of maybe him fighting at a gym like maybe he's trying to like stop the illegal trade of some crazy rare animal and he's getting into hijinks with Tina and Jacob and Queenie. And we're not having to make the plot so convoluted by including a wizarding war and Dumbledore. Stories that we've already had a lot of, you know, like to weigh it all down. I think we should have 100% just focused on the characters that we've already grown to love because of the first film. Even though I think Jacob's story ended in the first movie, I, I don't think we actually.
1: Mine's the Niffler. <laughs> Teddy? Well, he got a name in the third movie. <laughs> oh, he did. They finally named him? Yeah. I like the Niffler, too. Does, does, does Nicholas Flamel count as a beast? <laughs> Because <laughs> dude is like, I mean, he's got the elixir of life. He looks four hundred. He should be like forty. Am I wrong? No. He should look like he's forty. Is that... He's got. You don't. He's only a hundred. You said that's not that bad. No. No, but he's like
0: four hundred at that point. Yeah, he looks like a ghoul, like a zombie.
1: Yeah, he <laughs> but, looks disgusting. I mean, uh... Yeah, I don't know. I knew it was done for comedic effect, but like you have something that's supposed to make you forever young and you look like you're 400. I don't get it.
0: I agree. I thought that it wasn't just immortality that the stone would have given him, yeah. right? Like, because he, he was very He frail. looks like the Crypt Keeper. <laughs> <laughs> <You know>, and <laughs> you know, he, he probably, I think we should count him as a beast though, because I think technically the Obscurus was a beast, right? And that was a person too. It's a sexy beast. Micah,
2: uh, with Flamel, what did you think about Professor McGonagall showing
3: up?
1: Uh, I get why they did it. I don't necessarily like it. I mean, it. it <laughs> she wasn't even born yet, but, you know, hey, she looked like she was 30-ish. So, It's fan, it's service. fan service. It's just more fan service. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, like, this fan right here in the Harry Potter shirt wasn't serviced you feel serviced? By that. No, <laughs> no. Not serviced? No, I was not
2: serviced. You know, you know who was looking to get serviced?
0: Yeah, Bunty. Bunty. Maybe she not
1: oh. <laughs> <laughs> they, okay, No, go yeah. uh, You're not on the Muggle cast I know. Right now, that's the best man. part of it is I can let loose. I don't have to <laughs> really, like, yeah. watch, watch my after dark rating or G rating. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think we're rated R for... <laughs> rad would that would that
2: be the craziest fan fiction that could be done is is bunty with is like bunty going in with the beasts and newt and stuff john
0: uh i feel like didn't you call into the muggle cast one time and i think you you uh you you mentioned an even crazier fan fiction
2: wait well now anyone who's listened to the muggle Cast now knows it's me that was that was a secret
0: (laughs) oh i ruined it i'm so sorry it's well, okay
1: <laughs> it's really caught on though i will tell you that we had we had oh we really we had somebody playing Quizitch uh over the weekend whose username was draco's real dad
2: and it wasn't me <laughs> isn't that great wow so look, look at that I'm, I'm starting a movement i think i mean like i,
0: I kind of joke about it
2: <laughs> i kind of joke about it but i think it's kind of real this probably isn't even the craziest fan fiction but i'm a fir- i'm in the camp that dobby the house elf is draco's real dad and yeah. i w- i will continue the movement the movement may i probably am not the first to to take this stance but if i am it was probably three years ago at this point two years ago so maybe i was you know i think it just makes too much sense draco's like well like an angry- think
0: about it lucius is probably at work all the time you know narcissus and he's always angry Uh uh-huh and dobby is there to serve all he he is he was their house off for a lot for a long time so yeah
2: Yeah. so who knows and he loved he loves socks and you know you just like one thing leads to another like you're in the sock drawer which is probably if not the same drawer hey let's take a quick (laughs) poll is your sock drawer the same as your underwear drawer or do you keep those separate
0: are you asking us yeah yeah yeah. quick poll okay same
2: yeah, same drawer. Really, I have too many Mon- socks. They need. Their yeah, own mine are drawer. separate as mine separate as yeah. well. I have way too yeah. much underwear. Yeah, I'm kidding. only <laughs> have like, two
0: <laughs> pairs. What? Um,
2: you know, you start going through the sock drawers, Dobby. You end up in other drawers you're maybe not supposed to be in, and then mm-hmm. you know, one thing leads to another, like you said. What about? And like, I- do
0: you guys think that wizards have like a lot of socks and and underwear because? According to JK, they used to just, like, defecate wherever they wanted, and then they would, like, just, you know, make it disappear. And I feel like you could probably just Whoa. wear the same clothes all the time and just keep cleaning them, like, with a flick of your
1: wand, mm. you know? it's true. Hmm. Dumbledore likes socks. That's what he sees in the mirror.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: He's a freak. <laughs> he likes socks yeah. That's
0: for true. other reasons,
2: yeah. Yeah, what a weirdo. Can you imagine being Dobby and you're like teenage Draco, you're cleaning up and you pick up those socks?
0: Oh, my God. Oh, no,
2: John. Or Dumbledore. <laughs> Dumbledore's probably got some crispy socks after thinking about Grindelwald. Jeez, Louise. Some crispy socks,
1: hate. yeah.
2: <laughs> but, yeah, I think that's yeah. probably why there's so much tension between Lucius and... And Dobby, like, he beats the shit out of Dobby because he's like, yo, dude, I know you banged my, you porked my wife, you son of a bitch. And he hits him I think with you, a two-piece.
0: Uh... <laughs> right? All right. Yeah, I'm not sure, sure. I'm not wrong. Re- and that's why. So it- where can I read this fan fiction, John? Do you have it, it written you. out yet? Or Yeah, please do. Yeah, please I do. mean,
2: it's not fiction because, I mean, it may be like fiction because it's real based in fact. The other fact how I know Dobby is Draco's dad is because Draco carries one of the most uh, prevalent uh, gene hand-me-down uh, traits from Dobby and that is they're both big ears humongous no. bitches I said it
0: <laughs> Jesus
1: I said it I thought you were going to say he's hung like oh, a house God. elf <laughs> Oh, my God. I, I know what I'm Batoon. seeing now uh,
0: <laughs> when I stand in front of the Boggart because I think I have a new thing that I'm terrified of. And Draco's small house elf penis. Now it's probably Dobby's crusty socks.
2: <laughs> well, they're not his crusty socks. They're Dumbledore's. Can you imagine? What if you're in front of the Boggart, right? And you're like, ter- what if like you're terrified that you have a sex dream of your teacher? Or something, and then that comes up on the bogger. Wouldn't that be wild?
0: Speaking of which, that scene in this movie was so dumb. That which scene one? I was like I've seen this before. The bogger with the scene. bogger, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Again, like what a testament to creativity right there. But and and Newt's greatest fear is a desk, a desk, a nine to five a- baby, a nine to five. I can understand that, but I'm like, I didn't think wizards like actually had nine to fives. Every time we go. We see the ministry like those typewriters are click clacking themselves.
1: Yeah.
2: Are. Yeah. Like Crazy. are elves considered wizards are like the are they their own thing? They're beasts. Right.
0: Beasts, I guess. OK. Oh, so right. do you guys think there's that there's that half elf, right? That um, for a second Creedence elf believes is, is his mother. Wait, is that in this movie? So are we led to believe, and there's also Hagrid, who's a half giant, but like (laughs) muggles and wizards are a big no, right? In terms of what? I mean, like, okay, so we can't have muggle wizard relationships, but wizard giants, wizard elf. Mm.
2: Yeah, like where does it stop, you know? I don't
0: know. I don't know. Nobody (laughs) ever seems to be like racist against, I guess that's not true. I was gonna say like races against Hagrid because he's a half elf, but I mean a half giant. But if he was half elf, <laughs> that'd be wild. <laughs> if a
2: giant and an elf had Hagrid, they'd just make a normal sized person.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know that? Maybe but that's how wizards came to be. Who knows? Maybe that's gel? how
0: wizards became wizards. <laughs> Maybe.
3: Yeah.
2: Man, I can't I wait know. for our new spin-off. There just uh, seem to be some, some freaky wizards podcast. out
0: there. There's some freaky wizards out there getting it down with the elves and giants.
1: And freak a league, baby. Fan fiction definitely um, exists somewhere. You think oh, so? Yeah.
0: There's gotta be a fan You're, fiction that is like how Hagrid's parents fell in love. You know?
1: I mean, there's one about McGonagall and the giant squid. <laughs>
0: what? The giant squid what? in the lake? Yep. Oh no! I love people sometimes. (laughs) Oh, really? That's incredible. I would watch a movie about uh, Hagrid's parents falling in love. I would watch that movie. (laughs) Yeah, you know, it's like it's like a a wizard's like on a hike, a summer hike, and he like breaks his leg, and and then is nursed back to health by a very attractive-looking giant woman. That's my pitch. What's her name?
1: <laughs>
0: I don't know, like What's Glorb or something. Glorb. <laughs> like sure. Glump. I don't know. Some some J.K. Yeah. Rowling sounding shit. <laughs> I like Glorb. Speaking
2: of Glorb. dumb shit, how about the little uh, strange rumors about her brother Corvus? Not credence, but Corvus. How do you how do you feel about that? Where we just what take you- a completely right turn here?
0: You mean like what we're learning during the flashback? That like something about her brother happened. I I didn't know who Corvus was at this point in the movie. So I was like, all right, I guess I guess we will have to wait and figure this. I'll see how this plays out. <laughs> it was so confusing. I did love the scene, though, where she's like where she's like arguing with Dumbledore for whatever reason. And is like, you never lost a brother. And he goes, actually, for me, it was my sister. I'm like, OK, that was an interesting bit of writing right there. Where is that? The rest of the time. (laughs) Not needed. I didn't even know they had a relationship, though. Now that I'm thinking about it, like... The tough part for me was just that
1: this didn't really have a payoff. Like, we find out later on that it's just completely twisted and turned in so many different ways, but doesn't end up being relevant at all. And even having seen Secrets of Dumbledore, I'm not sure that it was totally relevant. So the question, going back to the top of the podcast, is... Why was Lita even in this film to begin with?
0: It's a great question. Do you guys see any similarities here between this film and the Last Jedi? Mm,
1: Boy, do I!
2: I have a lot of things to say about that. The biggest similarity I see is that they have this crucial character that they're trying to build around. In this movie, it's Credence. Um, In the first movie, they like really you you sort of leave being like, oh whoa, this thing Credence is really powerful. I've never seen anything like it in any of the Harry Potter books. We're sort of referencing like there's a tie that this has happened before, like a mysteriousness around it. And it feels new in the first of the new trilogy of the Star Wars movies. You get that similar feeling with Finn. You're like, man, this guy seems like he's doing something new. He could be really powerful. He may be doing something we've never seen before. And then in the second in both sequels, They totally scrap that that person has any identity of their own that is a character and they just become plot devices. That's my biggest similarity between them.
0: Agreed. And I believe just like that movie, instead of like moving the trilogy story forward, felt like to me when I'm speaking of like Rise of Skywalker, that movie felt like it complicated the trilogy instead of continued the trilogy Mm -hmm. going and I haven't seen the third Fantastic Beasts film, but I have a feeling that the legacy of this one will be similar.
1: This was definitely the confusing yeah. one. I, I, I feel like <laughs> she wasn't able to write herself out of a corner. And there were a lot of corners. I, and I feel like,
0: right? <laughs> yeah, there were a lot of corners. She was just like in one corner she was standing and got, got other... out and was like, fuck, I'm in another corner. She was like in a maze. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
2: Of just quarters.
0: <laughs> she was either, either in a maze or she was stuck in a very small box. <laughs> so every time she turned around, there was another I think of an octagon. Corner. Yeah, like an octagon.
1: What do you think, though, about or going octagon. back to Hogwarts? I know we, we talked about the flashback, but um, a lot of those scenes, very reminiscent of stuff that happened in the Potter films. I think you mentioned it, Jose, with... Um, you know, the Bogart scene, very prisoner of Azkaban, uh, actually pretty much the same scene with Lupin and Harry, but also the McGonagall yeah. piece we talked about, fan service, them running around the halls of Hogwarts a little bit. Was it cool to be back? Or do we feel like we didn't need to go there to begin with?
0: I felt like we didn't need to go there to begin with, because the story that we were expanding on was one that I personally already felt was kind of useless, which was, it was like that flashback was around to give a little bit more to Lita's character and Lita's relationship to Newt. I I was already not into that story. I didn't think it was important, so I wasn't excited to go back to Hogwarts. It reminded me of the flashback scene to when we see James and Sirius and uh, Snape when they were in Hogwarts, you know? Where it's like Going on for a little too long, and it's like sepia-toned and kind of blurry. So I didn't really like the cinematography of it either. But I don't really like the way that David Yates directs in general. Uh, I feel like ever since he took over the Potter films, they became kind of two-toned, just blue. So I don't know. I didn't feel the magic when we came back to Hogwarts. Uh, I think Jew Law, though, is incredible in his role as... As Dumbledore. He's got, like, the Michael Gambon delivery, like, down. And he's very charming. So, I don't know. When he's on screen, I'm, like, listening. But I didn't really... I wasn't crazy about the flashback.
1: Were you, John? Do you want him to ride a Kelpie for you?
0: (laughs) Yeah, I wouldn't mind that. Let me see him with his wet shirt. (laughs) Hell
1: yeah.
2: You and Grindelwald. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I didn't really like the, the trip back to Hogwarts because... I was actually more fascinated with them in the real world, if that makes sense, just their interactions and having to deal, mostly in the first movie, like Newt's interactions and dealing with normal people, I thought was fascinating as a wizard, just him having to like constantly like go back and forth and be sneaky. And then I thought it was cool to go through the different ministries, Um, you know, in this one, We end up at a couple like I just think that that's a little bit more fun. And to me, it felt like Hogwarts. The only reason we're going there is that Dumbledore had this Cersei Lannister kind of role where he can't leave his castle. So we have to find ways to go to him so that he's relevant in this movie, because like we said before, the flashback to Hogwarts, that can happen whenever. Yeah, and you can do the cool cameos, and you can get people excited about Hogwarts without actually going to Hogwarts. So it just felt forced it's, and lazy. Again, it's and... like
0: it's fan service. It's just fan y and it feels lazy.
2: But you can do fan service in in other ways. Yeah, like I mean,
0: like like it, the problem with these movies is that they're like stuck on what hit in the past instead of you know yeah. growing the IP. Like it's like looking at. Like the Star Wars films, like I can only compare it to that because, for so long, they kept coming out with these trilogies and they would do the same thing over again, you know. But now we have Mando, who's a completely separate character, you know. And and those show that that show always seems to have its flaws, or I should say, like Boba Fett used to have like has its flaws when it has to rely on things we've seen before. You know, like Boba Fett's on Tatooine. Oh, cool. It's like seeing Newt's commander in Hogwarts. It's like we've already seen all this before. Right. I want to see a little bit more of the Wizarding World. Yeah, Not the same old Wizarding World I've already known. That that's no, a good point. I, That's a great point. A good point. I think
1: part of the reason why we like seeing them outside of Hogwarts, kind of to your point, John, is that they're adults they're not kids and and that's what's so Mm -hmm, unique about this series is that we're seeing a series that is solely focused on adult characters in the wizarding world which we obviously didn't get in the potter series which was fine because they were establishing it but and the other piece that why i like jacob so much is that he's us right like we're him Mm -hmm. and we're getting to see him be introduced to this world we would probably react very much the same way that he would. And yet he doesn't get a whole lot of screen time in this film. Like he did in the first one.
0: And he's so good in the first movie. It's, it always, oh yeah, Jacob was the most genius thing. He's the, he's the best character I think in these films. I love that scene in the, is. is it in the first movie where, or is it in this film where, is it Ron Perlman is like a goblin? Yeah, the they're first like in one. like this
2: that's in uh, the first that's movie. That's in the first movie. That's a great I love that a great scene. scene I love where that he's scene. a mobster. Yeah, he's a yeah.
0: mobster and they're like trying to bribe him and for a second you think maybe like why is Jacob why is Jacob here? But Jacob punches the guy out at the end of that scene and you're like, "Oh, he's a part of the team." <laughs> it's great. Yeah. It's so great. And he drinks And, and he's drinking the giggle water why that too. movie's like, so much better. Yeah. yeah. He's drinking the giggle water and as like his him as comic relief works so well with his character too that it never really feels forced that he's around. Like he's us, like you said, Micah. He's us, the audience. So it's necessary. Um, and I think it's you bring up a great point in that these are adult wizards because I remember seeing the trailer to this movie and there's the scene when they all when they have to fight the blue the the demon fire. And they all have to stick their wands in the ground. And just that alone, just the scene of them all like coordinating a spell together was so cool to me that I was like, oh, I'm excited to see this movie because it's adult magic. Like these are wizards that are trained, experienced, and I'm expecting are going to be able to do just some like incredible looking stuff, you know. In Harry Potter, we didn't see a lot of like wand play and an action uh, like was... dueling, like actual dueling. And that's what I want to see in these movies. Only with
2: Dobby's uh,
0: son you saw the dueling. Oh. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. The Rick scene. Yeah. Oh. You that's man-ish.
1: not what I thought anyway.
0: Oh, what were
3: you?
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, so you mentioned the big uh, the big ending with the big blue fire magic demon. Um, all of the plot lines that are happening through this movie created that we, that we've already talked about credence who um, you mentioned that like awkward scene where there's even bad guys uh, in the crypt with them while they go through this 15 minute exposition dump of who credence is, but then who he really is. And then they're like, all right, cool. Let's head out and fight. There's that storyline. There's the Grindelwald taking over there's Queenie, there's tina trying to what was tina doing the whole movie i don't know there was newt trying to get the blood pack from grindelwald which i don't did we were we ever explicitly told like he was here to do that Um, well
0: dumbledore tells him i need you to go do that doesn't he or does he tell him go get credence i thought it was get get the boy yeah get the boy I don't, I don't know. Remember. I don't remember. But, so anyway. When does it become like a thing that he has to get that MacGuffin?
1: Uh, is it when they're talking on the top of the church or in the... Remember it's like very oh, beginning yeah, of the movie? Oh, yeah. He does
0: like the... I don't know. Because they're moving a lot in that scene. And I like that scene too. Because we saw Dumbledore doing some cool magic. I just... <laughs> like I, with the glove and the...
1: Yeah. I want to know why there's so much trust too between newt and dumbledore like we never get yeah it's like we know dumbledore manipulates people we saw it with snape we saw it with harry but why newt Mm -hmm. like was newt his initial test subject so like he he feels good about doing this in the future
0: yeah it's a strange tactic that uh dumbledore uses
1: (laughs) it's that line gives
0: people just a little bit of of, a little bit of information to just keep them going yeah it's like the line from the
1: first movie like graves asks newt what makes albus dumbledore so fond of you but we never get an answer
0: yeah i have i have no idea that's that's another it's a great question because i don't understand what makes newt so special like we might have a fondness toward newt but he wasn't he doesn't really have a play in the grand scheme of the wizarding war to the point to where sometimes he doesn't feel like he's necessary in scenes in fact, sometimes he's just... My guy is just background.
2: trying to write his book. <laughs> he's trying to write his book, yeah. man. And he gets wrapped up in these crazy schemes with this crazy Dumbledore yeah. and Grindelwald guy. And they're like weird fallout from love. And he's just stuck in the middle. So we get all these weird plots and then a blue dragon. And then the and then that's it. Yeah. That was... The, the big standoff is Gr- Grindelwald has this big speech. He's like, join me or you're dumb and i'll kill you and then people join in and then the people that don't most of them die except the main character
0: yeah <clears throat> the demon fire seems to be able to m- immediately murder anybody else whether they're apparating <laughs> or running away except for the main cast and Lita isn't even defending herself as she's walking up to Grindelwald.
2: <laughs> what did you think about Lita taking death by the horns there
0: I didn't understand her justification for doing that.
2: Do you think it was because they couldn't afford her in the next movie?
0: <laughs> I genuinely, I genuinely have no idea because her whole thing had nothing to do with Grindelwald, and then for her to immediately take a stand against him was baffling.
2: Mike, as a as a Potter fan, and you know you, you're probably more well versed in the the Lestrange backstory, but. Lita as a whole, when she goes into that ring and then dies, how did you feel? How did you, did you feel fulfilled? No,
1: I mean, I liked her character, honestly, so I was a bit disappointed. And I know that there were a lot of questions after that as to whether or not she was actually still alive. Like, was she kind of transported somewhere in Nurmengard, which is his prison slash hideout that he has that we see in the third film. you know, People thought maybe after uh, movie one, Graves was still kind of hanging out there too. Maybe we would get to see both of them again. But yeah, I I just go back to earlier. It was just disappointing. I mean, they introduced this character. I know she gets a brief mention in the first film, but uh, she just never was fully developed. And we never really like... And we also don't really see too much of, like, a riff between the brother Scamander. You would think if, like, Newt loved this girl and her, his brother yeah. marries her, he's just, like, totally cool with it. <laughs> also, like,
0: about the brother Scamander, their relationship is um, all over the place. In the beginning of the movie... We're led to believe that, yeah, they have a complicated relationship, but Theseus cares for Newt. You know, he warns him about the ministry watching him. Like, he's clearly concerned about his brother. And then we cut to the scene where when Tina meets Theseus, Theseus is chasing them. And she's like, Oh, that's your brother, the guy who's trying to kill us? Does that happen a lot? And he's like, it Happens all the time. But we've only ever seen them being pretty caring over each other, and just having regular familial disputes. Like, so are they often engaged in firefights with each other? Because I haven't seen evidence of the sort. Like that was wild. And to I speak mean, about that scene you for really a second,
3: who-
0: um, Tina and Queenie and Lita are all Ministry government agents. And the only way for them to infiltrate the ministry is for him to pull out the massive tiger thing. Like there wasn't any more. Oh,
1: maybe. There wasn't
0: like a better, more efficient way of breaking into the uh, into the ministry without having to fight all those tiger, those cats. Oh yeah. It's dumb. Oh it's dumb. yeah.
2: I forgot about that library scene because
0: it's forgettable. Why
2: did they have to go searching through the whole thing and then just be like, Accio, the papers I'm looking for, please. Yeah, I don't know. And then the librarian, some psycho with cats that only attack. That was wild. Mm -hmm. That's another weird storyline. I feel like we were going to finally unfold some more information about the Lestrange backstory, not necessarily Credence, but maybe the Lestrange backstory. Never came to fruition, and then so the movie ends. Grindelwald sort of has his followers now; he's established himself as a cult leader. And then um, we get back to his hideout with Credence, and then he tells Credence essentially that he's a Dumbledore. Yeah, and that's how the movie yeah. ends.
0: I hated this. Did
2: reveal. you feel? Ugh. Did you feel that was a payoff to? all of the ups and downs the three already plot twists as to who credence was did you feel like this one made the most sense or was even surprising i will i will be honest for me at that point i was like who Who the fuck isn't this guy at this point like this guy's everybody now like everyone wants to be this guy and yeah. he's so lame and doesn't do anything so it's just
0: it's hilarious that bad. he's a at first they're like oh he's a missing lestrange Right, And we see a whole flashback to give us the background on how he's the missing Lestrange. And then that flashback ends and Zoe Kravitz yells out, no, I killed that Lestrange. And so then we get a whole nother flashback where she can't sleep because this baby is crying. So her most rational thought is, I'm going to switch this white baby with that other white baby over there. And then that's when the movie kills the second baby. <laughs> There's two dead babies in this movie for some reason.
1: <laughs> oh,
0: it's bananas. What did you think about that Dumbledore reveal, though, Micah?
1: Oh, I, I, <laughs> I just left more confused than I did coming into the theater. Like I I didn't get it. I I, I mean I get why they did it at the end, but it just it didn't make any sense. Like, I understand that they dropped the whole line at the beginning of the movie, like, a phoenix comes to a Dumbledore need. But mm-hmm. you have to know that Grindelwald isn't telling the truth, at least not in, not in totality. Like, he's a liar. Like, he's going to do whatever he needs to do to achieve his own ends. But I, I just, like, Lita, Yusuf, they're all introduced to the plot for no reason if he's, in fact, not a Lestrange, which would have been a cool way to kind of explore the story and maybe that's where she was going initially but then was like oh no i need to make it even more confusing he's actually a dumbledore that we've never even heard of before right like
0: yeah after after we've read the the dumbledore biography already too and it did not mention this dumbledore
2: so we got to the end yeah that's the end of the movie number two it was a hell of a movie huh what a ride so there's three out right now
0: I can't believe we, we didn't talk more and about five that insane flashback scene, though. Just back Which to one? back flashbacks—that was bananas. The one about the babies, <laughs> the one with the baby switching, and the uh, and the imperious uh, curse again. And okay, here's what's the difference between that Lestrange putting the Imperious curse over an innocent woman and having a baby with her, and Queenie love charming Jacob. it's not a not a big difference there uh the difference is in the words charm and curse there's a
1: whole other thing that doesn't make sense here too and that is if in fact corvus lestrange died that's the end of the lestrange family line which means there's no rudolphus lestrange who marries bellatrix black who becomes bellatrix lestrange like it completely ends the lestrange family so family oh my god how does that work i didn't even realize
0: that that's crazy that's insane you just retconned a whole character yeah (laughs) because
1: their lineage (laughs) if you go back up to like that sewer shot that sewer shot like details out the entire lestrange family line and it and there is no other lestrange that could possibly have continued on the family tree no way So maybe Bellatrix
0: is just like less strange by name and not a pureblood at all.
1: (laughs) She just thought
0: she was all along. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, that's crazy. You know,
1: if I learned anything from this entire discussion, it's that Draco is hung like a house elf. (laughs) (laughs) Which had nothing to do
0: with the movie, which is great. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) So do you guys think that there's going to be A sequel to this movie? I mean to the next one to four and five. Are they gonna finish it out?
2: I thought after seeing the third one, the third movie that is out right now, you should still go see it. Forget the second one happened and just pretend that the third movie that just came out is the sequel to the first one and it it works, it makes sense. It's a it in that, then it's kind of a fun movie. And you're like, oh, okay, this works. Do you agree with that, Michael? So then
1: I was like, oh. I I think you could look at it that way. I think you could use the third movie as a sequel to the first and forget that Crimes of Grindelwald ever happened. (laughs) I do, actually, now that he said that. And I also think that the third movie uh, was written as if it could stand on its own as the conclusion to the series. Like, I don't think that you need to actually see Dumbledore defeating Grindelwald. I think that it could all just wrap up after three movies.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I thought there was going to be
2: more, though, honestly, after three. And so, I mean, you guys, I mean, spoiler alert, shared an article, some tough times going on in the... uh, fantastic beast community it doesn't seem like they're gonna be making any more movies
0: yeah that's right so like variety posted that article that you sent us micah it seems like it's going to be tough for warner brothers to to decide it's going to be worth making another one
1: definitely I, i and we've heard this for a while we've heard that you know if they do in fact move forward with the next two films it could just be that they adapt it for streaming service like hbo max They've just run into too many issues between J.K. Rowling and Johnny Depp and Ezra Miller. And we know that this movie had its issues with um, how it was written, but also um, that it was delayed for a while, too. I mean, this movie is supposed to come out in 2020, obviously COVID, um, but there were other things that delayed it as well. So the franchise is definitely in a tough spot. Should we
2: start now uh, an online campaign for the muggle cast and everyone's a real critic to write four and (laughs) five
0: i mean if i i think we can do that the best thing that the franchise the harry potter franchise could do is just to just start a wholly original story that has you know it it, and it's only just set in the wizarding world and doesn't necessarily have to be tied to these characters that we already know
2: We'll get there. Yeah. I think he could still be new, and I think what ends up happening is Newt sells his book. He becomes a very famous writer. Uh, he writes a series of books. I think maybe like six or seven. They're super successful, world renowned. They make movies <laughs> off of them. Like and in the movie, we they make watch. Movies? <laughs> yeah, in the movie, they make movies off of them. And then we just sort of follow Newt as he becomes this larger-than-life icon, essentially. And how, how, like, he grapples with fame. (laughs) How he grapples with fame, and then one day he uses a really derogatory slur towards (laughs) um, a half-elf, half-giant descendant person. And then he just totally gets canceled. And then he goes on to try and, like, recreate extra movies to to kind of settle his fame a little bit and they totally and they bomb. Bomb. And they bomb
0: yeah that'd be that wild, would be wild. I mean, i've never that. seen that story play out before that would be great to see on screen <laughs> <laughs> I, don't know. I know
2: i know so that would be four and five let's head into sort of our final final thoughts of, of this movie here
0: okay uh i can start us off because i got i so i think it's obvious by now that we all feel like this movie wasn't perfect, you know? Um, I think, though, and this might be a hot take, that this is probably one of the worst blockbusters I have ever seen. And I think that the reason why is simple. It's messy, and it's trying to tell way too many stories, um, and it doesn't know who or what to focus on. The movie, I think, is essentially pieces of three different films One of them is about a weird guy that loves magical animals and the cop lady that he falls in love with. Another one is about long-lost siblings tormented by their complicated past that are just trying to find the truth of their family. And the third is about former wizard lovers, one of which has become a wizard Nazi with a growing following that wants to ironically stop the Holocaust. And the other is a good-looking, well-known guy. (laughs) that everyone just kind of simps over (laughs) aka Dumbledore Uh, but when you try to make a movie about all those things it's difficult for a screenplay which is like I said earlier by design supposed to be highly efficient in storytelling Like every action, every scene needs to push the story forward or develop character in a film Uh, especially if it's trying to keep us engaged this movie doesn't seem to understand that concept It's like characters like Bunty, like we say, never show back up. We spent five minutes with Newt and the seahorse thing, and then the seahorse never shows back up either. So it's like showing us these Chekhov's guns, but it doesn't know how to pay it off. Like you said, Micah, earlier, like there's a lot of setup, and they never get paid off. Nagini's ability, for example, doesn't matter to the story. It's not like she and Credence complement each other as characters. Um and there's never a scene that's like that shows why it's convenient that we have nagini here. So why is she here? Every setup in a film needs a payoff and oh my god, the exposition in this movie. It's it's the first thing they tell you when you're writing. It's it's show me, don't tell me. Show don't tell. It's a cardinal sin in writing that J.K. Rowling seems to commit all the time. For example, Dumbledore's gay. Show me that. Don't tell me that. Like, you can't say it after the fact. Um, don't tweet it at me either. <laughs> but, I mean, that's... And, and also the fact that the the film relies on just the audience knowing and liking Harry Potter stuff. Oh, cool, that's Dumbledore. Oh, wow, Lestrange, I've heard that name before. It's It's just... It's hard for me to care about the characters when you haven't given me a reason to, so... I don't know. It's stupid. I think this movie is bad. <laughs> what do you guys think? Really bad? Really bad.
2: Uh, I'll go and then um, we'll let uh, the expert close it out. Um, <clears throat> you know, there's not much more I could add. I would just say... My closing thoughts of this movie... More. I'm not mad. I'm disappointed. <laughs> I mean... There's just so much promise in this movie, especially in the first movie there. Like you said, Jose, if you were to redo Harry Potter, you would start with a brand new character in a place, in a world that we hadn't seen before and just create the lore. She's such a great world builder. She created an incredible world with Harry Potter, and it feels like this world just came up short. There wasn't really much creativity put into it and see and she just sort of went back to playing the hits and i think that's super relevant in this movie and for those that do have seen the third or do go see the third movie it just is a it's a constant replaying the hits in, in order to try and bring it back and i think it's a huge miss on everything that harry potter fans love that star wars fans lo- like fans that love new worlds new experiences new adventures this one just falls short because it's trying to do more than what it really is. Um, and what it really is is just an adventure movie and it's a love story, and neither there is neither adventure nor love. <laughs> and as I told Micah after my my immediate reaction review to Fantastic Beast Three, and it and it sort of is true for this one too. There were beasts, but it was not
1: Fantastic. Oof. Oof. Nice. How do I follow that?
2: Thanks, man. <laughs> Close us out. I'll, I'll
1: just maybe touch on what I said earlier in that, you know, we all love the fact that we're able to come back to this world, but it seemed like there was a lot of missed opportunity. This was a movie where we got to see adult wizards doing things that, you know, we never got a chance to see during Harry Potter, that we got to see somebody just like us and Jacob you know, be thrust into the wizarding world. And I feel like this movie moves so far away from that, moves so far away from the core four, great characters that were introduced, not just Jacob, but Newt, Queenie, Tina. Um, And, you know, we were in a completely different location. We were in the United States. We were in New York. And then we immediately go back to Europe and it's like we get completely caught up uh, inside of the UK, particularly like the Ministry of Magic, Hogwarts, places we've been before, I would have loved to have spent more time in Paris or other places. That was the initial thought behind all of these films was going to different locations and experiencing wizarding culture in different places that we otherwise wouldn't have gotten in Harry Potter. And I think J.K. Rowling just tried to do way too much with this film and she she put herself into a corner and couldn't get out. (laughs) I would have I'm glad you brought that up. I would have loved to have seen Ilvermorny in the
0: in this movie because it's just mentioned in passing in the last one. And it sounds like Queenie and Tina are very passionate about overmorning. They say it's the greatest school in the world, you know, and then we, and we hear that, you know, they play with our expectations that, Oh, I thought Hogwarts was the greatest school in the world. You know, That um, would have been nice if we could have explored yeah, those well, things.
2: You never do. So that's, those are kind of our thoughts on the movie. Let's uh, let's see what the critics and audience had to say. So, As we do, we'll start with the critic reviews here. Um, This first one from USA Today uh, gave it a three out of four. As much as the new sequel bridges gaps to various Potter lineages and personalities, it also ties into real world history in an intriguing fashion. I just thought that was so, so interesting because do you guys we kind of talked about it earlier, like in history class where you were sitting down and like, we learned about that whole wizard guy that wanted to kill all the humans and stuff. Like, real world, right? Like, isn't that wild? Yeah, everybody
0: knows Grindelwald. This guy's f- actual part of history. This
2: guy's fucking high. <laughs> he also gave it a three out of four, what the hell's... <laughs> I don't know what this guy was watching. He gave it three out of four? All right, yeah. The Irish Times, I love that newspaper. Far from offering pleasures to the average muggle, the new film plays like a fragmented fan fiction-assembled through Twitter.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I he's got be right. With this guy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we should get him uh, see if he'll uh, write that Dobby fan fiction <laughs> with us. He definitely knows about the uh, the tentacle one.
0: This did feel fragmented though. It felt like a real fragmented movie. You know, it, it just did. felt like there yeah, was no doubt. too many stories trying to be told and none of the ones were A continuation of the last one, so... But, okay, I will say this, though. The first movie felt like it ended. (laughs) It felt like at the end of the movie, like, we closed all of the storylines. It was fine. You know, Jacob's story ends in a really meaningful way. And, like, such an earnest and sad way. And this movie immediately throws that out. You know, immediately is like, oh, I remember Yeah. And and that's the problem with this film, too. It's it's not really... uh, I don't know. It doesn't really respect what came before it. Is that too much to say? I don't know. Like, yeah. No, that makes sense. Like, they could have to your mention
2: about payoff in this movie instead of immediately taking away the fact that you know, Jacob had to go through this very meaningful and emotional ending. Like, they go through most of the movie and they're like, oh, crap. We need a human for the ne- this next part. And then you're like, oh, they're gonna go get him. Like that would have been cool. This last one, BBC, and I think it kind of hits it on the head, along with the last one, an unfocused, overwhelming, and ultimately numbing sprawl that seems to drag on forever.
0: Yeah, yeah. You okay. felt the length on this one. So, <laughs> just like just like Narcissa yeah. Malfoy was felt. The length. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah! Felt the length of Dobby's. Hung like a house elf.
1: <laughs> Do you think she played with his ears?
0: I think oh. you'd have to. She definitely has a thing to. for ears, yeah. right?
1: Wasn't there a female house elf that showed up in the books too? Yeah, Winky. She was drunk all the time.
0: Also, Winky's a weird name. Now that I'm thinking about it, but <laughs> let's move on. Yeah,
2: it's a, it's a bit promiscuous. Yeah.
0: yeah, let's get into the audience reviews. So
2: this first one here, five stars for the movie we saw, uh, Eric. Is the worst actor I've ever seen. Luckily, JD is there to make the film good. What? <laughs> or J- um, who's JD? Who the fuck Eric is? <laughs> is JD Johnny Depp? I think JD is Johnny Depp. Yeah. As I was going through the reviews, the over one hundred thousand reviews, there is a lot. There were a lot of Johnny Depp stands that gave this movie five stars, which makes me think that if those people didn't exist. Like, if, if Grindelwald killed them as if he was supposed to do in the history books, this movie
0: would have been a lot closer. <laughs> like, the difference would have been a lot closer. Also, can we just talk about yeah, what how I'm Johnny not... Depp looked in this movie? We had previously... Why did he have two different colored I don't eyes? I know, and we've seen Grindelwald before in the flashback in the Potter films when he steals the Elder Wand, and he looks like a totally normal yeah. guy. yeah. So what happened between yeah. then and now <laughs> that
2: he nice. is... And then in the third movie, he's a totally normal guy with two
0: regular oh, eyes. Oh, because it's Mads Milkeson, right? They recasted him?
1: Yeah. Wow, this yeah. is... Well, I thought it was great, by the way. I don't know, John, what you thought, but I thought he was solid. Yeah, he probably should have just been Grindelwald from the get.
0: I'm a fan of Mick Milkeson, like, in general. I, I'm actually... when I, I remember seeing that recast... And being like, that's a good choice. That's a great choice for Grindelwald. So I'm glad to hear that it pays off. It does. And the eye thing. The eye thing is just bananas. Maybe he can see in the dark with one of them. Maybe there's like a magical reason that we don't know. Like maybe he can see through walls (laughs) or something. I guess the dark isn't the most creative way.
1: I I think it was just Johnny Depp stepping in and like adding an element to the Mm, character creative made him look a little bit more deranged
0: okay yeah yeah we gotta make this nazi look crazy we gotta make a nazi look (laughs) insane how about this how about this i have like the eyes of a siberian husky (laughs) yeah
2: yeah, yeah. i love that i love that and give me a real thin pencil blonde (laughs)
1: mustache (laughs) yeah
0: yeah and you can't forget my mo i have to be pale I have to be the palest person in the yeah. shot. Yeah. It sure. worked in Scissorhands and Never every movie since. So you got to make J.D. pale. Well, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, he was tan. That's right. But he also picked his whole outfit in Pirates of the Caribbean. Because he designed his character to be after um, the dude from the Rolling Stones that I'm mm-hmm. losing the name of. Who was in the movie. Yeah, he was in that the third point. movie. Is that his like MO? He designs his own stuff? I mean, I'm seeing it if micah is correct in his assumption then i don't see why it wouldn't be a trend
1: yeah i don't God. think that's actually a feature of the character i think he added it no. to it
0: <laughs> no
1: i love that <laughs> although that never
0: stopped uh that. jk before you know because apparently she never said that hermione wasn't black mm, i love that hedge yeah. hermione could be whatever yeah yeah Love that. I would love
2: to see Johnny Depp as Superman. What kind of weird shit would he do to that costume? This guy uh, gave it, or this person gave it five stars. Another five star. In truth, I found the glimpse into the past fascinating. You loved it too, Jose. Don't lie to me. In Grindelwald, you find a more complex dark wizard than Voldemort was. I I didn't find the plot tedious or convoluted at all. Easy to follow. Comparing it to a Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them makes zero sense. Duh. As it was mostly done to set up plot lines and character development for crimes. I enjoy it thoroughly and repetitively.
0: Wow. Five stars. This is like a person that like puts their IQ on their Twitter headline or something. Like, yeah, I've got like a People do that. yeah, I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm in Mensa. I didn't find Inception or Crimes of Grindelwald confusing at all. <laughs> <laughs> Tenant is my favorite movie.
1: Is her Twitter <laughs> handle Johnny Depp Jen 321? Johnny Depp is Jen? What? what, do you follow someone?
0: Is it Johnny? really? Depp no, no, Jen? I'm saying
1: is that her Twitter handle. It would make sense. <laughs> oh, it could be. I just love that she
2: uh, comparing it to the or the prequel makes zero sense. That's my favorite line. Yeah. Why would you do
0: that? Insane. It's a standalone movie. Duh.
2: So dumb. It's not like
0: there's a two in the title.
2: Yeah, I know, right? We get to the real reviews here. This one, if you didn't see the first movie, there's no way you'd understand what's happening. Arguably, even if you did, I've seen the first movie and I couldn't understand what was happening. It's full of special effects, and the creatures were sort of cool, but that is all I can compliment it on.
0: One and a half stars. If you could, if you'd walked into this movie blind, you would have been just as confused as if you walked into this movie as the biggest Fantastic Beast expert. <laughs>
2: I was going to say, I watched this movie twice and wrote the real rundown and all of the acts. And I still have no idea what happened. <laughs> it was great listening to you guys because I completely learned what was going on. In the movie. <laughs> and this last uh, audience review here, I think is perfect. To be frank, which is, I love when people say that to be frank when their name's not Frank. Like, who the fuck is Frank? You know what I'm saying? What's up with Frank? Frank is the
0: Thunder uh Yeah, the Thunder Eagle.
2: Have I <laughs> You guys ever heard about this Frank guy, you know? To be Frank. What's up with that, huh? <laughs> yeah, that was a... Why
3: do you want to be Frank? Solid
2: Jerry Seinfeld. So.
0: Thank you. Um I don't want to be Frank, yeah, I wanna be Jerry. So what is that creature frank. called, Mike? Riddle- what is that creature called? Frank. Frank. Uh Yeah, the Thunder Eagle? Thunderbird? Okay, Thunderbird.
2: To be frank, Crimes of Grindelwald is not good. As a fan of Harry Potter, I'd like to think there were some aspects of the movies that could be redeemable. But I, th- I can't think of any from its in- from its inconsistency in lore to a scattered plot, blundering dialogue, stiff acting, and confused pace. Crimes offers viewers nothing but an insight into Warner Brothers and J.K. Rowling's monetization schemes.
1: Ooh.
0: Boom. they sound like you john when you a talk weapon. about like uh just like doing it for the money um you did it you, you said, you said that, earlier. that you said that you said oh no time. you
2: brought up ip earlier yeah you brought up IP
0: uh earlier. but the only thing i disagree with in this review is stiff acting because i think the actors are actually doing a great job with what they've got you know The only thing I
2: disagree with in this review is that uh, their monetization schemes. Because if they were trying to make money off this movie, they did a shitty job.
0: (laughs) Did this movie make a lot of money, John? Do you know?
2: It didn't. It made twenty percent. It made twenty percent less than the first movie. I want to say the first movie was around eight hundred fifty, and this movie was around six hundred.
1: This one's the lowest grossing of
2: any of of the Potter films. Wow! And then what will be wild is the monetization schemes came full halt with this third one. I was reading on the the Vanity or the Variety article mentioning that because of the third movies, uh, one of the plots in it is around a love story between two men, how that's not really uh, welcome in most countries and usually censored out of movies uh, in addition to COVID in America, in addition to uh, wars in Russia and many other things that they anticipated doing very
0: bad. Um, maybe this is a spoilery question, but is it finally obvious that like, are they finally being very obvious with their relationship? Cause even in this movie, they kind of walk around it. They don't explicitly say, uh, I think what they say is, we were closer than brothers, which is a gross way of putting it.
1: <laughs> we like, like just can. say it. Um, Opening just scene. say it. Opening scene, right, John? You get it. It's yeah. right there.
0: Okay. Uh, well, That's good, at least.
2: Yeah. Here's what I'll say. You know how you mention, show me, don't tell me? Yeah.
0: They do that? You
2: never get to, you never get this show.
0: <laughs> well, I'm not looking for, like a show you know but like i'm not tuning in i didn't mean it like that
2: (laughs) i meant i meant like they just talk okay but at least
1: it's it's out there at least it's it's much more apparent than it is in any of the two prior films if that okay helps okay great great yeah great
0: that's all i ever wanted Instead of them having to fight over this like butt plug necklace that they have.
2: But there's no glizzy slide between the buns or anything. (laughs) We gotta give our real rating to this movie, unfortunately. of go back through all of our movies out of 100 we uh kind of give it a number the closer to 100 the better if it's over 100 that means it is one of the best movies of all time i think on the real rating i'm gonna give this movie a 49 okay not quite average not quite not quite middle of the road but it's not the worst movie i've ever seen in my life
0: okay Micah, what are
1: you thinking hmm. i'll go with go with like a Fifty five. I'll go over over the halfway mark, which was really hard. Wow. Oh. Wow. Alright. I feel like you guys
0: are being too forgiving here because Say it. I was thinking a, I was thinking a thirty-five guys. I was thinking, wow. I was thinking Sound the thirties for sure. Okay. This baby's in this baby's in the thirties. This baby's like Chicago in April. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> but what did you guys think of Crimes of Grindelwald? Let us know on our socials at EARC pod and be sure to catch all of our other episodes wherever you get your podcast micah we appreciate you being here and we appreciate all the support you've shown us is there anything you want to promote while
1: you're here please thanks no this is always a lot of fun um one of the great things about doing podcasts that aren't my own is that i get to have fun and let loose a little bit but uh muggle cast we release weekly episodes uh and you can find us at MuggleCast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. We actually joined TikTok this year. I have no idea what's going on over there. The social media manager handles all that. But uh, we are uh, we're excited to be talking about a new movie. Certainly, um, Secrets of Dumbledore. I think you said will have been released, right? So uh, we should have our our at least our first recap episode out on that movie, and just. Thanks so much for having me. It's It's been a blast.
0: Thanks for coming, dude. I have actually, you just reminded me of one more question, though. What did, are you guys going to be talking about the new video game coming out?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think it's not supposed to come out until the winter. So we have a little bit, but we've talked yeah. a little bit about it on a previous episode on the trailer that we got a couple weeks ago.
0: Cool. I'm very excited for that game, personally. But uh, yeah, definitely be sure to tune into the MuggleCast. Follow them at MuggleCast. They do awesome quizich live events, too, so be sure to check those out and maybe join in on the next one. Apparently, John drops in and as uh, Draco's real dad. No, I
2: don't. <laughs> Someone else does. Someone else is a, a fan of,
0: all right, all right. of my
2: fan fiction.
0: <laughs> Anyways, my name's Jose Garcia Chow, here with John Wolf, and today we sided with the critics, but remember, at the end of the day... Everyone's a real, a real critic.
2: Real critic.
0: A real critic.
3: Real, real old critic. <laughs> <laughs> All right.